Last week, we kicked off a brand new series called One of a Kind, and uh, I believe we are one of a kind. I believe that God has called us um, with a special calling and a unique purpose. Uh, I heard a pastor say last week, um, if you have a pulse, God has a plan. If you're not dead, God is not done with you. There's a reason you're here. He's got something for you to do. He's got a purpose for you to fulfill and for you to walk in. And so we talked about it last week. We talked about how all throughout Scripture... God speaks to us as the one of a kind that we are, how we're specifically created, how we're uniquely called, how God has crafted us and formed us and put us together. He's also commissioned us and equipped us to walk in that. We see that the Bible describes us in all sorts of unique ways. It says that uh, we're important. The scripture calls us valuable. The scripture says we're salt and light. Scripture says that we're a peculiar people. Turn to your neighbor and be like, that's you. He's talking about you. That's says that we're special. We're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. You know, it's funny. I was talking in the men's group yesterday, dudes and donuts. We're saying, you know, we like that. We're wired to be, uh, we like those movies and these stories where, you know, someone's knighted and they're set apart and the warrior's chosen and appointed and he's equipped. And we're like, we're like, yeah, that's amazing. You're set apart to do great things. Go be the hero and the warrior. We like that. Why do we like that? We like that because God's wired us to be that. He's wired us to be that. And so it says that we're this royal priesthood. We're the head and not the tail. We're selected. We're predestined. We're above and not beneath. We're beloved. We're anointed. We're appointed. We're blessed. We're not cursed. We're the head and not the tail. God has made you unbelievable. You're a one of a kind with great purpose. And since that's true, we looked at the truth that God understands that, of course, and he knows that, but he wants to make sure you understand that. And that's why the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is constantly telling us who we are, telling us who we are, telling us who we are. From the beginning, God is speaking who you are, who you are, and what you're called to be and what you're called to be. Uh, Because God knows this, you will always behave in a way that is consistent with the way you see yourself. God wants to make sure we see ourselves correctly so that we can respond and behave the way he's called us to. I also said this last week that when the enemy can't change what we think about God, his next attempt is to get us to change what we think about ourselves. And that's why God so intentionally continues to speak to us. This is who you are. This is who you are. And this is who you are. And so if we know and we understand that God is trying to get us to understand who we are, then it's important for us to believe the report in the word of the Lord. So the title of my sermon this morning is The Report of the Lord. It's important for us to be a people who understand and know and go with the report of the Lord. You know, there's a lot of organizations and different people out there that say this. They say, we are your source for the news. We are your source for this. How many know as Christian believers, we have a one of a kind kind of source and it's the report of the Lord. How many are with me? And just as Cody and the team led us, that source and that report of the Lord, it reigns above it all. It overthrows it all. Aren't you glad about that today? Let's pray and we'll jump into it. God, we love you so much. We are so grateful that you are the God who reigns above it all. King of kings and Lord of lords. Those aren't church words. Those are truths about who you are and how you lead us. God, I pray that as we hear your scripture this morning, Lord, I pray that you you motivate us, you encourage us, even change us. We want to walk as the people you've called us to be. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Title of the sermon again is The Report of the Lord. I made a mistake this week. Um, I try not to do this specific thing that I did. Uh, It's a habit that I try not to get into, but I messed up bigly and I did this. Uh, I, this week, went into the comment section on Twitter. (laughs) 
uh, something I avoid doing pretty regularly. And the worst part about it was, is it was actually a political tweet that I went into the comment section and began reading about. And uh, when I got in there, I was blown away by the passion. I'll tell you this, uh, I, I don't want to say what, what the tweet was, because then you're going to start judging sides of the fences that I'm on. But it, but it was a very well-known person. Uh, and, and so all these people came with their agenda into the comment section. It wasn't hundreds of comments. It wasn't thousands of comments. It wasn't tens of thousands. This thing got into the hundreds of thousands of comments of people that came to this thread with their reports. This person made their political thing and everybody came on there saying, oh yeah, well, do you know this? And they begin to shout their reports. They begin to list their reporting on how we're seeing historic inflation. And then another group came on and they reported their reports of how gas prices are at an all-time high. And then another expert came on and began to post how uh, layoffs are beginning to happen. And we're going to hear the effects of this. And here's the reports about uh, the job rates. And then the next person comes on with their reports and they say, well, here's the interest rates. And here's what's going to happen with banks and homes. And they're giving their reports. And then border crisis people showed up and they said, well, here's our report on for what's going to happen at the borders and what needs to happen at the borders and doesn't need to happen. And they're giving their reports. And then we have people coming on giving their war predictions and rumors of war. And, oh, did you know that this person I'm reporting is working with this country and this leader? And this is about to happen with this country. And they're giving their rumors of war. We also had people go on there with their reports of, oh, we're under a great digital threat. Everybody is spying on this and they're going to use this against us. And AI, artificial intelligence, is going to be the thing that comes in and, and takes out America and takes out things. And, and you're reading all of these reports about what's going to happen. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I put my phone in a sock and I carry it around with me in a sock now so no one spies on me. And, and so you're reading all these reports. And they said mental health, mental health over the next 10 years. These are the reports. Over the next 10 years, we're going to see an increase of 250% of mental health issues among people 16 years old and up. They say we're on pace to have one out of every two people in America age 16 and up are going to battle mental health issues. So they give their mental health reporting. And then it's not just that we have a mass shooting every once in a while. There's daily mass shootings happening all over. So we read those reports and their opinions of that. And then we, we see the overdose epidemic and the suicide rate epidemic. And then racial division is worse than it's been in generations. We see that academics are worse. Uh, we're trending in America in our education, education system. 40 years. We're, we're, we're rating at like the worst we've been in 40 years in our school. So everybody's given the reports. And now you know why I don't go in the comment sections. <laughs> But everybody's given all the reports. And I remember as a pastor who's a fixer, and somebody was like, oh, man, we need to engage this. We need to help. How, what can we do? I remember this overwhelming just wait. And I had to snap myself out of it and think, hold on just one second. This, although some say it's truth, this, how many of you know, is not the report of the Lord. How many know we live according to a different standard? We live according to the truth and the standards and the realities of God. That's why Psalm 34, 19 said, yes, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But what does it say? It says, but the Lord delivers them of them all. I don't care what report you've brought in today. I don't know what care the things you've heard today about culture, but as we just worship, God reigns above it all. Amen. And yes, the afflictions and yes, the troubles and yes, the circumstances and things of this culture are out there and they're happening, but the Lord delivers us of them all. So whose report will you believe today? There's an old song. I grew up as a church kid 
And so in the 90s, 90s music uh, was a lot different than the music we have now. I'm not even sure in the 90s uh, what we were specifically going for for a genre of music. I don't know if it was choir or jamboree, but it was like somewhere in the middle. And, and yes, I'm telling you the truth, churches, uh, if you went to the churches in the 90s, uh, it would be very uh, frequent to see someone come through the door with a Bible and a tambourine. And if they were really saved, someone with their tambourine had like tassels hanging off it. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, wow. Look at, they got one of those with the tassels. They're going to be, put them up at the front. They're going to be. And so there was this song that came out in the nineties by this guy named Ron Cannoli. Great guy. I think he's passed away. And he did us a new King James version. And, and he gave the new King James version uh, of, of whose report shall you believe? He didn't say the song title isn't whose report will you believe? It's whose report shall you believe? And the song goes like this, because I grew up in the 90s. And uh, because of technical difficulties, we couldn't sing our third song today. So I'm going to lead you in this song. <laughs> All of you know I can sing. I can sing. I definitely can. But I don't because, you know, Cody's here and other people. I don't want to get in the way of what they're doing. But I'm going to for now. And so he says, right. And so the song goes like this. Whose report shall you believe? And the choir's like, we shall believe the report of the Lord. Come on, one more time. Whose report shall... Come on, somebody stand up and... Right, okay. And we get into it. We get in it. Cody wasn't even born. He was like... He was in diapers when this one came out. We didn't find out till this week. Cody lied about his age. He's 15, guys. He's 15. No, he's 15. He's 15. Yeah, and Sierra's 48. It's the whole, just kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We're both, we're both cradle robbers, Sierra and I. That's like our thing. Jess was in my youth group, and uh, Sierra's waiting for Cody to turn 18. So, so, so this, whose report shall you believe? It's this big thing. And then the next thing they say in this song is they say, his report says I am free. His report, and it goes through all this stuff. And the last part is like, his report means victory. Everybody gets excited. And then we start running around the church and letting out snakes. You know, it was like a big deal that we did. And there was power. There's power in that declarative. Like, hey, you, you have to make a decision. All of us today have to make a decision. There is a one of a kind reporter out there. And it's not Fox News, and it's not CNN, and it's not some of you dark web people that go in and get in all those weird message board conspiracy theorist stuff. Those aren't the reports that we're called to follow. There's a report of the Lord that we're called to follow. Are you with me today? And uh, I was thinking about it this week, how much we love the believe a true report story. Like, be, be stuck to what you know you're called to. It was the NFL draft uh, the last several days. It starts on Thursday. It goes through Saturday. And the NFL teams are just picking college players, like, all throughout the day. And it was funny because my son, he's eight years old. He's getting into sports and, 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 and this stuff. And so he's just been watching it just, like, all day long. Like, just you go downstairs, he's just pacing, waiting for the next Michigan player to get picked or the lines. So much so that on Saturday I was, like, outside and uh, putting some things out of the car. And Jess comes outside. She's like, you, you gotta, you gotta go deal with your son, which is funny in parenting because it's like when your kid does something good, you're like, he's just like me. <laughs> when your kid does something bad, it's like, you'd better go deal with your, cause it's the other person's fault. So like, you better go deal with your kid. He's just down there just watching that draft for three days in a row. I was like, okay, I'll go down there. So I go down there and I'm like, who'd we draft? What's going on? <laughs> I didn't deal with anything. <laughs> But it was amazing. I'm watching all these draft stories, and they, they do all these video montage, and they put all this stuff into it. 
And, and they're just pitching the story. The experts go on there and they're like, oh, now here's a guy that all the reports said about this guy, that he wouldn't fit in the system and the high school that he came from and the upbringing that he had. There's no way that he'd ever make it to this. Now he's the number one draft pick overall because he gets up on the stage and says, you know what I didn't believe? The reports of the experts. I didn't fall into the lanes that culture tried to set for me. Instead, I believed in myself and I got coaching. And I, So how much more so should the church of God, who has the spirit of God in us, be able to overthrow the reports of the world? Are you with me? So I said, hey, we're going to over These reports, they don't stick to me because I have the report of the Lord. So we see this where we get this idea of this, this song, whose report will you believe? We get this from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1. It says this, who has believed our report? And whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who, who here has heard the report and seen the arm of God? Now, I'll back you up just a little bit. In Isaiah chapter 51, we see doom and gloom. We see in Isaiah chapter 51, there's prophecies. There's a report given of how there's going to be destruction and God's people are going to be taken into captivity and in Babylon and Jerusalem would be destroyed. And because of their wickedness and evil, there would be all of this destruction. That's the report in Isaiah chapter 51. And then we see in Isaiah chapter 52, we see that there's prophecies of redemption and restoration and God rebuilding and God blessing. And there's the good report. So you have bad report, you have good report, both at the same time. Can I tell you, it's possible to have the bad report and the good report both happening at the same time. Are you with me? So verse 53 shows up and that's where they draw the line in the sand and say, hey, there's a bad report. There's good report. Which report are you going to believe? It says, have you not, have you seen the hand of God? Now are you choosing which report will you believe? What I like about Isaiah 53 is Isaiah 53 goes on to show how we're able to believe the good report, which is by way of Jesus, because it says in 53, it's, he's going to be the one who's wounded for our transgression. He's the one who's bruised for our iniquities. It's by his stripes we're healed. This whole 53 is laying out like, Hey, because of Jesus, we have the ability to believe the good report today. Are you with me? We can believe this good report because God is moving on our half. And it's the same choice for you today. What report are you believing? I'm asking you this question. How are you going to think today? Are you going to think according to the report of the Lord? How are you going to believe today? Are you going to believe the report of the Lord? How are you going to speak today? Are you going to speak according to the word of the Lord? How are you going to walk today? Is it going to be according to the report of the Lord? I thought about it like this. If you go to the doctor... And you get a checkup or something and he gives you a diagnosis and you go and you get this report from the doctor and you don't like that report. Do you know that you have the ability to say, um, thanks for the report, but I'm going to go get a second opinion. I'm going to go see if I can get a different report about this thing. How much more so should believers when culture comes or a report comes to you in life, you go, eh, I know the world's trying to say that this is the report, but I'm just going to step over here into my word and get a second opinion. I mean, you know what I'm talking about today. That's how God's called us to be, a people who live according to his report. I believe this. We have too many Christians nursing, rehearsing, and dispersing bad reports. Did you hear this is going to happen over here? Did you know that this is, oh, did you see that they're doing this? And we're nursing and rehearsing and dispersing bad reports when reality is we serve a God who is the God who can reverse it. We need to believe that we got a God who can reverse these reports. Galatians 6.8 says it this way. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Scripture is meaning this. Like, hey, if you're a person who wants to make it all about how you feel, 
Make it all about your flesh. Well, this happened to me. Well, the report says this about my life, and I'm just going to be in the flesh and about my flesh. You're going to reap destruction. But if you're a person who says, oh, no, no, I'm called by his spirit. The spirit of God is living in the inside of me. The scripture says, not only do we have eternal life, one translation says you have everlasting life, which means in that your report is love, joy, peace, sound mind. Are you with me today? God's report is so much higher than the report of the world. We're spirit of God people, and we live according to a different report. Matthew's chapter 24, verse 6, begins to talk about how you can have good report and bad report at the same time. This is Jesus speaking of the end times. In verse 6, he says this, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Then he says this, See that you're not troubled. So you can have the bad report going on and also not be troubled. Then it says this, For all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. Skip down to verse 10. And then many will be offended. They will betray one another and hate one another. Offended, betraying, and hating. We're not quite there yet, right? Oh, wait. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Oh, we're not there yet. Think, oh, wait. Churches are preaching things that aren't in the Bible and they're deceiving many. Are you with me? And because of the lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. This is a bad times, bad report chapter, part of the chapter. But at the very same time, if you skip down to 13, it says this, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as witnesses to all nations. And then the end will come. This passage is saying, listen, there's going to be bad times and bad reports, but there's going to be revival times and good reports. All in the same time, in the end times when there's all this chaos and crazy, at the very same time, the witnessing of what God is doing and how he's moving and his good report is going to be in play. It's not the time for the church to shrink back. It's the time for the church to advance. Are you with me today? Because we have the good report. I thought about it like this. People say, well, you know, the storms are hitting. Look look what's happening around culture. Look at all these different things. The storms are hitting. People said, oh, we got this report. And people tune into CNN and ABC and NBC, which are all the leaders in woe is me. Right? And that's where we're getting our reports from. And that's where we're getting our marching orders from. People say, well, pastor, how do you feel about that? Tucker Carlson got let go from Fox News. How do you feel about that? And people say, oh, pastor, did did you see Don Lemon got fired? I'm like, who's Don Lemon? What do, you, what do you think? We lost a conservative voice on Fox News. What are we going to do about that? I said, well, you know what? My reports don't come from Tucker Carlson. My reports come from the word of the Lord. Amen. You know what my opinion is of Fox News? My opinion is I hope Fox News sinks with the rest of them because too many Christians are meditating on what Fox News says and not what the word of the Lord says. We're not paying attention to the report of the Lord. We're turning on Fox News at eight and wondering what... Everybody's quickly unfollowing Fox News on Facebook. (laughs) I don't get my reports from those things. I get my reports from the word of the Lord. Because it really doesn't matter what culture says is going on. Because Proverbs 18.10 says this, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous can run to it and be safe. 
I don't really care about the reports of what culture is because my report comes from the Lord. That's why John 16 says it this way. In the world, you will have tribulation. We're going to have bad reports. But we serve a one of a kind God who can give us a report that reigns above it all. And that's why he said in this world, you'll have tribulation. He said, but this, but be of good cheer. Why and how? Because I've overcome the world. He's overcome it all. He reigns above it all. So we shouldn't let it move our attitude. Are you with me? But I believe we got to stay persistent and consistent in believing that the word in the, in the report of God is good. I believe this, that persistence will break the resistance in our culture. Too many Christians, you know, we, 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 God's called us to something and assigned us to something and we get started on something and we get moving into something. And soon as a little bit of a bad report comes up, we quit. And we can't understand why we never break through and we never get over breaking through the resistance is because we quit too quick. We listen to the reports of everything else and we bow out. Can I get an amen today? The scripture also talks about you can have this confidence. He's overcome the world. But even Jesus says this about the body of Christ. He says, listen, this whole worry about how things are going to shake out and how it's all going to happen. He said, see this church that I'm building, this church right here, I'm building this church, this body of Christ. And what does he say? His promise is, and the gates of hell will what? Not prevail against it. It's like we have the cheat code. We're sort of in undefeated mode because God's promise is that the church will not fail in this hour. But we do have a responsibility. We as believers have a responsibility to be the people who share the good news, who share the good report. Paul is writing to the early churches and Paul says this. He says, you, you guys, you Christ followers, he says in 2 Corinthians 3, he says, you are our epistles. You're our stories written on our hearts, known and read by all men. What is he saying? He's saying the world is looking at you, the Christians, to get a good report chaos over here and turmoil and all this stuff. Couldn't it be and wouldn't it be amazing if all of a sudden the world can look over at the body of Christ and say, wow, look at those stories of those Christians. Look at the good report they carry of their marriages restored and their addictions. Are you, you know what I'm talking about today? Because we're living and we're written and, and we're stories read by God. I got an amen back there. Come on. And so we got to be those people who understand that we live to tell and report the good news of God. Second Timothy says it this way. Second Timothy six says this. Therefore, I remind you because we need to know this, that we got to keep continuing to live out this good report. Scripture says this. Uh, I remind you, Timothy, or Paul saying in Timothy saying, listen, I remind you to be a people who stir up the gift. Got to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Stir up that gift of God. Now, uh, you guys know Psalmist Bob Marley. He said that, right? Like you got to stir it up. Come on, who knows that one? Little dog. Anybody? No? Okay, wow. You guys ever heard of a radio? <laughs> but Caroline yesterday was making ramen noodles because we don't care about our kids' health. We spend all of our budget on our good eating. We give the kids ramen noodles and spaghettios and meatballs, which I hide and eat on my own. <laughs> Anyway, she's making this, but our, our daughter, she's the best. She's fun and, 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 and always distracted and got 7,000 different things going on. You can actually tell where Caroline's been throughout the day because of all the things that she leaves that she started and forgot about. And it's all over the house. It's like at the end of the day, you're like, hey, Caroline, go pick up all the things you didn't finish in a day because she's just fun and, and, and gets distracted. So she starts these ramen noodles and I'm in the kitchen and she goes off to do something else and it's starting to really boil. Like it's doing its thing. It's boiling. It's fully happening. But the ramen noodles are still at the bottom. They need to be stirred. They're stuck. They're stuck at the bottom. And so I'm like, Caroline, you got to get in here. You got to stir that stuff up. You got to make it do its thing because it's stuck at the bottom. 
And many of us are like, God, why aren't you moving? God, I don't see you doing anything in my life. And it's like, hey, you got to stir it up. Stir up the good report of what God is doing in your life. You got to stir up the prophecies over your life of what God is doing. You got to stir up the, are you with me today? God is moving. He is boiling. He is all over the country. God's bubbling up and doing stuff. We got a bunch of stuck Christians here in America sitting around over self. You know what I'm talking about today? So we got to be a people who stir it up. This is my last story, and this is a, a fun story in Scripture. There's this amazing passage in 2 Kings chapter 7. We won't turn there because it takes a while to get through everything, so I'll paraphrase most of it for you. But in 2 Kings, you know, I grew up as a church kid, so I thought I heard every story. But it was last year when we were going through the read through a Bible in a year. I looked at the story, and I was like, this story is amazing and hilarious. And so waited for the day to preach it, and today is this day. But 2 Kings chapter 7 says that there's a famine in this land, and there's four lepers who are having this conversation as there's a famine and people are dying. They're in starvation mode. There's nothing that they can do. And these lepers are having this conversation. They're saying, hey, we're going to starve to death. We're on the brink of this. And so they're kind of at the city gate, the scripture says, in Samaria. And the scripture says, as they're having this conversation, one of the guys smells barbecue coming from the enemy's camp down the way. He's like, man, that smells good. They definitely have food over there. Um, he says to one of the other guys, he's like, dude, you guys, we, we should go there. And they're like, the enemy's camper, you're going to get killed. Why would you go there? He's like, no, I mean, better, better to die trying than to just die doing nothing at all. Maybe if we get there, we can get a meal. And so they have this conversation of let's go in it. Well, we don't belong there. Well, we, you know, we don't have the right to go do that kind of stuff. Maybe we should go down there and get a piece of that. Maybe we should see if we could do that. And, and they just had this idea of like, you know what? You're right. It's better to die trying than to die just sitting around. I wrote it down like this. I'd rather die moving in the direction of a miracle <laughs> than die doing nothing at all. I'd rather die moving in the direction of the miraculous than just sit around and die doing nothing. Well, pastor, you shouldn't pray for signs and wonders and the miraculous and gets people's hopes up. Okay, let's just sit around and die doing nothing. Or we can walk by faith and not by sight and move to the miracle. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? And so they said, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's move to the thing. And the scripture says that as they do that, these four guys take off to the enemy's camp and they're smelling the barbecue. They're smelling all the things. And they said, let's go this way. Well, the scripture says that God turns up the volume of their travel and the enemy goes, Hey, do you guys hear that? Do you hear that? It, it, it sounds like footsteps are coming. And another guy listens in and he says, no, 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 that's not footsteps. That's not soldiers. He goes, that's horses. It sounds like there's a march of horses headed our way. And the next guy listens in. He says, no, 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 that's, that's more than horses. That's chariots. One guy says, no, it's a great host and they're coming to take us out. This is surely going to be our demise. And the scripture says that they run. They flee the camp before they even see the four lepers. God has provided this situation for them. Now, here's what's amazing. This is the part that I like about it. The scripture says when they get there, they do all what we would do. And I love that they put this in the Bible. Scripture says they get to the barbecue. Now, this was a very rich, elite people that just ran out of camp. And so the scripture says when they get there, they put on all the jewelry. So these four lepers get there. They're loading their fingers with gold, silver, the rings. They put the chains on. They got crowns on. Scripture says they went and got their expensive robes and put those on. So they got their Versace and Gucci, and they're just hanging out in this camp. And then the scripture said that they're eating all the food, and it was good food. I mean, they got their, they got their brisket. They got their barbecue, their macaroni. You know, they got some mashed potatoes, probably not grits, but you know, none of that, but they're either eating, they're doing, they're doing all that. They're doing all that stuff down there. Mashed potatoes with butter. 
you're ever at a party and someone puts out mashed potatoes and they don't put out butter? First of all, they don't love you. Second of all, you're allowed to leave. And then if they say something stupid like this, and I've never had this said to me in my household regularly. You don't need butter. I put a lot of butter in it when I made it. No, I do need butter. I need a volcano of butter oozing off of my mashed potatoes. <laughs> I feel good getting that out with a group. <laughs> so that's them. That's them. They're there. They have this, this whole splendor. Scripture says they're eating, they're drinking, they're getting into the wine, they're having this whole thing, and they got all this jewelry. They're all set up. Well, then the Scripture says we're, we got to go back. We're going to go back. We're going to tell our family that the Lord has provided for us. He's given us a solution to this famine. And so they come walking back into town, and I imagine they're come walking back in town with all this stuff on, all the barbecue sauce all over their clothes. They come walking back looking like Captain Jack Sparrow, like all the stuff. <laughs> like They got the rum. They're just like, hey, everybody. And so, and so they're like, hey, come back here. Here's what's crazy about the story. The scripture says when they come back into town, there was a guy. This is in your Bible. The scripture says that there's a guy who advised the king, president, whatever you want to say, the king. He was an advisor. He was the person between the king and the people. He was the media. He was the one who gave the projection of current events between the leadership and the people. And the scripture says that this guy was extremely negative, surprising, <laughs> that he wanted to put out negative report. So Mr. Negative Nancy, they come running to him and they say, hey, we've found this stuff and the Lord has provided and he's run off our enemy and we have this kind of thing. And the scripture says this, the scripture says, as they brought the good report, this negative guy says, well, there's surely no way that the Lord has opened the floodgate. There's no way that there's enough. There's no way that your report is good enough and is going to make a difference. There's no way that it's going to make an impact. So we shouldn't even go down there and check it out. We should just stay here and die. The scripture says this. This is what the people did. The people looked at the leper's report, the good news, and the people looked at the report of the world. The scripture says that they stampeded toward the good news. I'll close with this. They stampeded toward the good news. Listen to this. So much so that they trampled that man to death. I wrote it down like this. The bad report got trampled to death because the good news always beats a bad report. I'm just here to tell you today, the report of the Lord, the good news of God. I don't care what's going on in culture. The good news of God always beats the bad report. We just got to trust God. We got to take him at his word that when he says, this is my report for your life, we will believe the report of the Lord. We will believe that in these last days, God's going to pour himself out on all people and we will see signs and wonders and restorations. Are you with me today? So I don't know what that looks like for your life, but I want to just close in our last couple of minutes, believing the report of the Lord. I don't know what bad report you came in or have in your life or have in someone else's life, but I'm going to pray us out of here personally. And, and I want you to just think of what the bad report is. Maybe it's something said over you. Maybe it's something done to you or somebody else. But, but we all have these bad reports. Scripture says the accuser of the brethren, the one who comes and does what? Whispers bad reports, negative reports. That's not going to work. That's not going to come together. You're not called to do that. You're not good enough. You're not, you'll never get over that. So today, I want to break those bad reports. I want to be a people who go like, oh, all my life, I've had these reports, but God, you reign above them all. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes as I pray.
whatever those are for you, whatever those reports are, maybe it is something physical, maybe for you it is emotional, something that is a bad report in your life or somebody that you know of. We want to see that bad report trampled by the report of the Lord this morning. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for this time, this hour. Holy Spirit, we know that you're moving and you're working. We know that you're power. And so powerfully in this moment, God, I pray that you reverse these negative reports. We do believe that your word says what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn for good. Lord, we know that your word says whenever the enemy steals and he's found that he has to restore or pay back that which was stolen. And so, God, I thank you that restoration is happening. Reports are being reversed. You are the God who reverses these negative reports. And so, God, I just pray in every circumstance, in every situation, give us the boldness and the confidence to believe the report of the Lord. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.